Ready. Okay. Class is in session. <laughs> Welcome to season two. Nothing like an epidemic to <laughs> create an opportunity to Nothing study. like an epidemic. Well, Connor. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute. How have you been, darling? Well, we're roommates now. And we weren't when this was in season Right, one. just to let re- everybody remember, back in season one, Connor lived in the basement of an apartment in downtown. Of the city we're in. <laughs> and, you know, just fun ideas. You know, things that happen when you live in a basement, mm-hmm. such as pipes exploding and your landlord saying, just live in you the know, other room. We've we've lived and let go. <laughs> we're fine. Um, but now we live together and it's... Yeah, we weren't going to move in quite so early, but we did. And mm-hmm. I think it's worked out. And then now we get to really experience it because where we live has just entered the COVID-19 coronavirus stay-home order. We are on literally day one. So mm-hmm. so it's a party. So we were thinking, um, you know, what better topic to cover? We didn't cover it at all in season one. I think season we, one was more... tiptoed around it. Well, I think season one was more auxiliary things we've never heard of, which I think is what we will get back to, but... Yeah, I just think, also, this will be our first three-part episode. So this, uh, so the topic we are covering in the middle of an epidemic, it's the HIV-AIDS epidemic of the 80s and 90s. Global crisis. So today is um, kind of like the overview episode. We will go through how the disease happened, kind of, like basically the entire roadmap of the crisis. Yes, and I think it's important. Um, well, real quick after that, we have two parts that we're going to do after this. Second part, we're going to talk about um, fun heroes and other people that are inspirational and inspiring um, through you know, the AIDS crisis up until now. And then um, our third part is going to be kind of what we're doing now with a further deep dive. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Yeah, so... But I think before we start, I think it's really important for us to quickly just realize and express that neither of us have personal knowledge of living with HIV or AIDS. Right, but... Neg- and I don't think that's an issue. I think it's important for us to still know the history that a lot of us went through and the epidemic oh, and the crisis. I have so much to get into this week about that and kind of how we live today and just kind of what I think no one, hardly anyone thinks about. And we don't have a lot of people to remind oh. us of those times. So Because they're, they're not here. I do think it's important, though, for us to just um, kind of check that privilege. And then also, you know... Um, put out there maybe a trigger warning for anybody that's listening yeah i mean it's very graphic content and very uh i mean we're not going to say anything um more you know terribly inappropriate no i mean it's all just you're uh, terribly inappropriate but uh yeah i i bet the content itself is not nothing about it's inappropriate it's just very sad and so for Um, some people who maybe have too much personal experience yeah so just a trigger warning. And for those of you who maybe are just jumping in on season two, maybe just a fun skip season one kind of gal, um, just a quick rundown of how we operate. We're going to split up our speaking into different little sections. One person will kind of be the leader, and then we'll switch off maybe halfway through. 
Yeah, this is also like our first episode we've shared. Usually we come with something and don't tell each other, but I think this... I think it was important for us to coordinate so we didn't... Yeah, it's so big. It's like there's so much to talk about. That's why I think it's good we're doing it in three parts because there's a lot of people to talk about. Right. So, without any further ado. Yeah. To begin, I think it's also important we start off with talking about um, how HIV and AIDS is spread and what it even is. So, HIV essentially is a viral disease that copies your off of your RNA um, new antibodies T-cells that are dangerous towards your body and break down your other cells, essentially putting it into like attacking itself mode. Um, and so uh, essentially what that equals is a very lowered immune system. Um, and as we'll get into it, we'll see kind of the diseases that were seen in gay men um, and kind of... Uh, essentially also how it's spread is through blood, um, pregnancy, and unprotected sex, vaginally, anally, and... Like yeah. sexual fluid. Yeah, vaginal, body vaginal fluid. fluid, semen, yeah. all that. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's important to uh, start off with is, so that's how it's spread. Um, and so to get into kind of where right now we think the disease happened, um, was in Northern Africa. There is a, uh, strand of monkeys that has SIV, which is the like monkey version of HIV essentially. And it happens all the time with other diseases like the flu and stuff like that is that they'll hop from species to species and mutate. And so essentially what is thought is that the hunters in that area got infected through the blood when they were, you know, stripping the meat off the animal and stuff like that when they were hunting to go sell it, um, got into like a cut or something like that and basically mutated in their body into HIV. And then from there, um, it traveled to the Congo and specifically a major city in Congo that at the time had a lot of sex workers as well as male prostitutes. Um, so it is believed the hunters took the meat from the northern part of Africa, came down to the Congo, and essentially from there it just spread because like a lot of people with HIV, they didn't know they had it. And um, essentially people kept traveling. Well, like sexual health at that time. Was non Like no one talked about it. Right. Um, also what's interesting to note is like, Right before it broke out here with the AIDS epidemic in Haiti, they discovered it and found out that all eight percent of all pregnant women had HIV. That's how bad it was in Haiti, like because of all the trading and the diseases that were exchanged through that, as well as slavery. Like, there's so many reasons yeah. why it spread. Kind of like I think with like the information we're getting right now with you know COVID nineteen and everything. Nobody knows enough about it. You know, there was a lot of... There was nothing. There wasn't even the internet like we have now. You know what I mean? Right. So, to put I think that the- really does change things, too. Because, like, country... So, like, because we have the internet, we can really see what's happening in, like, Italy or in South Korea. Whereas, like, in 1970... Yeah, that's... We would not have really been able... They were not linking these yeah. illnesses together because they couldn't, A, recognize what the virus even was... And what usually happens is that HIV and AIDS does not kill you. 
something else kills you because it lowers your immune system so much. Right, like so it's a an AIDS-related like, illness. Right, so they're like, oh, you died of cancer. Or pneumonia. That's kind of, yeah, stuff like that. So, to kind of put it into context of like... Okay, so that's where it traveled and then eventually got to the Americas. When it, so it started traveling in what we think is the 20s. And when it got... And when you're saying 20s, 1920s. 1920s, yes. Is when we think the lep, leap between animal to human contact with the disease happened. Um, and when it got to us, we project it happened in the 60s and 70s. And then we didn't see the horrible, awful symptoms until the early 80s. Right. That's why it happened in the 80s. So, so there were cases in like but the no 60s one, and 70s. There was like whispers and like no one really knew. Some People knew something was up. But like it was the era of free love, which I think is a huge thing to note. Is like um, they talked about in some of the documentaries I watched that like this like the gay revolution was directly tied to the sexual revolution back then. Sure. Because that's what everyone was going through it. But also everyone was like, you know, heavy drug use, not a lot of information about sexual like protection and stuff like that. And so a lot of people got hurt and that's kind of why it kind of fell apart. The like love free love movement and all of that. So basically Back then, like, some uh, survivors noted that STDs were joked about. Kind of like, go get treated, you'll get the shot, get a pill, and you'll be on your way, and you can get back in the saddle. Essentially is how everyone right. viewed it. Because other than, you know, like, herpes and stuff like that, we kind of had most other diseases under control like we do. I mean, like, syphilis, we had penicillin, you know, all of that. We were aware of them, at least. We were, yeah, yeah. We were almost you know developing on all that um and the time you're talking about specifically is like late 70s early 80s right so in the late 70s there was rumors and like whispers and like among the community and stuff about a gay cancer going around and it wasn't until 1981 did news stations begin reporting about um a new gay cancer that um essentially they were reporting and blaming on gay men saying things like it is a rare form of cancer that is being created by the gay lifestyle like huge propaganda about it just saying it's a gay disease um essentially like it was like at once kind of 1981 when it was happened 1982 people started dropping like flies it was like crazy no one knew anything and like the government wasn't like talking about anything. Healthcare couldn't keep employees in enough because people were so afraid of it. Janitors wouldn't even go and clean rooms. Like they were pay- like you had to wear like hazmat suits like to walk on the floor of like an AIDS wing at all of it. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to think about. Cuz I just was you know 2020 life somebody yeah. was talking about how like everybody And everybody is freaking out about the coronavirus. Like, everybody is freaking out about it. Not a lot is really known about it. Mm -hmm. What is known... Like, for example, we were walking today and saw a social distancing happy hour happening on some rich white people street. And they they were sitting right next to each other. Yeah, they weren't even, like, three feet away. Right. Just just because you're outside doesn't mean it's social distancing people. Like, you have to fucking move. Right. But what I think is interesting is the death rate of coronavirus, though it changes among age group because all all the age groups are affected, Mm -hmm. especially those that are high-risk communities. Yeah. I was reading in statistics and just, like, reading on Twitter comparisons to the AIDS crisis where it's, like, when it was first starting, when, like, 1981, 1982, Mm -hmm. 
the death rate was Guaranteed. so high. Yeah. There were no drugs for it. The death rate was basically 100%. They were saying, that was the thing, is they were saying, like, you were just seeing, like, symptom care. Mm-hmm. They were just treating symptoms. They were just pumping these people full of drugs. Trying to either make their lives easier or, you know, a new experimental drug would come and they'd be like, hey, long shot, do you want to try it? The side effects would kill them before yeah. HIV and AIDS would. Like, it was wild. Um, also, like, another issue that should be talked about is, like, a lot of people weren't out then. And, like, the gay cancer meant usually if you got it, you were gay. Like, people start accusing people. Like, straight people got it, too. But, like, no one was coming forward because gay people didn't want to be outed and straight people didn't want to be, you know, thought of as, like, yeah. yeah. Um, like, <laughs> it's insane, the isolation. Like, one kind of point of view I never even thought of that one of the documentaries I watched went over was the mom of a son who was a victim. And she was like, I couldn't talk to friends about it. No one wanted to talk to me. Like, I just sat in a room and watched my son die. And, like... Nowadays, we have, like, message boards. We have Facebook. We have, like... Right. Think, like like I, people that, going through similar experiences, at least. Like, that is just... I think that is what is most interesting. Not only the point of view that you just brought up, but the fact that it was in a time when people did not have iPhones. Or even the internet. Well, it, yeah. There was no... There's no community. The gay community had bars. Like, they talked about, like, what gay... Like, the gay community was like back then. And, like, there wasn't... I mean, we have issues now, for sure, don't get me wrong, but I feel because of these actions way back when, not way back when, this wasn't even that long ago. It's less than 100 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, these things are still fresh in our history. We weren't even, like, a unit. No, there was nothing unifying us. And so, basically, the issue also was, was Reagan refused to talk about it. It, Like, people were dying, and, like, it was getting, like, worse and worse. And Reagan continued because it was homosexuals because of gay sex, and it was drug addicts because of mismanaged needle use. But also they were seeing it in other countries where, like, sterilization methods weren't what they were today disposable needles were like a relatively new medical breakthrough back then yeah making them cheap enough to just be able to throw them they used to just literally doubt like soak them in alcohol to clean them dry them and then use them again right we you if you saw that today you know like you would shut a hospital down (laughs) right because like the cross-contamination possibility it just was everywhere nobody knew what was happening and so finally, um, in 1987, a man named Larry Kramer, uh, actually, okay, yeah, we'll get into Larry Kramer, and how about you take over more about the Reagan administration and how they dealt with it? Is that cool? Like right now? No. Okay. But let me say what I need to say. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so Larry Kramer, in 1987, began to blast like every news station you could get on, every street corner, every organization. He started... like founding this group called act up so this Uh, is about six years in right yes 1987 yes the government refuses to do anything there's no money looking into it people are just dying and because it's the gay cancer no one gives a shit they didn't even call it hiv like human in like you know the uh yeah that one the the Um, whole word it used to be called the gay exposure like it had a different name and literally just targeted gay men 
isn't that wild? Like, yeah. it wasn't even called HIV to begin with. And so... And a lot of the things that I read, like, when the press started talking about it, mm-hmm. and, like, the press didn't even start talking about it right away, but when they did start talking about it, um, they referred to it as, like, either gay cancer or gay plague. Right. Or the gay disease. hmm And so, ACT UP essentially fought to make the government recognize the disease and did countless protests. People would pour, like, people would get arrested. Like, their protests were wild. Keith Haring, like, painted a ton of shit. Whoopi Goldberg talked at protests and said, basically told Reagan to fuck off. Like, she was wild. Like, so many people would show up to these massive protests to get the government to give any money at all to start, like, finding a cure. Yeah. Or listening to the CDC. Right. Like, at one protest, they poured the ashes of dead victims out on, like, this streets and sidewalks of D.C. There was the AIDS quilt like from san francisco mm-hmm, yeah that they laid out and like people mourned and it was like a like it was the first time people like that were there described it as like we didn't feel alone like we were all suffering from this and because of this we had like it, it, we wouldn't have medicine now for it if they didn't protest the way they did right um and so uh even like like one of the main editors for billboard like the music industry uh was uh also the hiv aids writer for the magazine and like he pulled his strings to get like major pop stars to talk about it and like basically the community used every resource they had and like a lot of men were like i don't want to come out i don't want to talk about this but like I know I'm already positive, so I kind of don't have a choice because I'm going to die either way. That was the mentality. Is like, we're willing to face the public ridicule because, I mean, I'm dying anyway. I can handle the hate. Which is like, I couldn't even, like, I was just thinking, like, you don't have, unless you're physically there, like, you can't talk to anyone about this. You yeah. Know? Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what, like, this is what sprung out of the ignorance of the Reagan administration. So I'm going to kind of let you take that over now. Now, so the stuff that I really focused on was domestic United States um, handling and vibes. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> Ronald Reagan's first year as president, like he was inaugurated, elected 1980. You know, January of 1981, he was inaugurated, took over the presidency. By June of 1981, that's when the AIDS crisis kind of began. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily full crisis mode at that point, but, like, that's kind of, like, the beginning. Um, It really started moving past that. Um, Ronald Reagan did not even talk about it in his entire first term. As president, he was elected president again in 1984, mm-hmm. and he, <clears throat> um, you know, started speaking about it in his second term. The only people who spoke about it in his first term were his was his press secretary. His name is Larry Spears, mm-hmm. and the person there was kind of one um, press. Per- so you know how like the White House they have the press secretary. Um, up there answering questions of the press and it's people who are in the press room they represent different media outlets and they're they're asking questions but like those questions are what's reported right so like I could be a reporter for 
you know, A magazine, but like you from B magazine could use the quotes taken from the press secretary in that moment. So what was reported at that time, there was one guy really kind of doing it. His name was Reverend Reverend Lester. And he kind of like kept asking these questions of the Reagan administration starting as early as October of 1982. So really just over a year into it. And by that time... Eight hundred and fifty-three people um, had already died. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time that Reverend Lester decided to go ahead and start asking questions about it, and his first question was, "The CDC from Atlanta is reporting the AIDS epidemic," and he even referred to it as the gay plague or the gay disease. And he was talking about how at that time, if you contracted HIV. And it became AIDS, which it at that time did, um, most likely. Um, there was a one-third death rate like happening at that time. But mind you, that was at that time, and it wasn't very, like, the morality rate of it. And it wasn't, they didn't have the disease very long. They didn't know. People weren't dying that quickly. Because you don't, like you had mentioned, you don't really die from AIDS. You die from AIDS-complicated issues. Yeah, tons of people and so it took a little cancers. Yeah, it took a little bit of time for that to, like, happen. I mean, not long, but a little bit. Yeah. And the press secretary's response was, I don't have it. Do you have it? To Lester. That was the press secretary, Larry, to Lester, the guy asking questions. And the reverend was like, I I don't have it. And then Larry said, well, the president doesn't have it. So it's not really something that we're considering right now. And they kind of were laughing through it. Like, it was like this big gay joke. Mm -hmm. Like... Well, I don't have it, Reverend. Are you? Do you have it? No, the president doesn't have it. You know, ta ta ta. Good old Nancy. Mm -hmm. Um. But anyway, that that was like the first experience of it. The first exposure was like this big joke. Like it was like not an issue. The gays will deal with it. Whatever. Who cares? They don't need any of our money. In 1983, over 2,000 people at this point have already died. The quote at that time, the the reverend asked the press secretary at that time, and he said, the CDC is reporting that gays need to cut down on cruising. Do Does the president or you have any, you know, does the president have an opinion of that? And Reverend Larry was like, again, or not Reverend Larry. Press secretary Larry took rev- the reverend's question and was like, well, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, the president doesn't have any opinion on cruising. You know, just kind of, again, just like, really pushing and distancing themselves from from that going on. He did say, the press secretary said, that it's a high priority. Research is a high priority, federal assistance. Um, the Senate actually put through money. They were the people who did it. The, the president didn't necessarily veto any money, but he did express that he didn't think it was important. Um, but, like, it was just how Reagan is super slow to act super slow to talk no money was even involved the first bit of money which was 12 million dollars in 1983 going to just research um not a lot really happening in 1984 over 4,000 people have died over 300,000 have been exposed Lester had asked the press secretary was the president concerned about the AIDS epidemic. And they, at that time, said that it was a priority, but the president, you know, 
didn't really have any comment or quote that he wanted to give to that. <clears throat> in September of 1985, at this time, almost 6,000 people have passed away from the disease. And this is each year. So I've misspoke. So it was 853 that first year, two, 20, over 2,000 the second year, over 4,000 the next year, over 5,000 the next year. So at this point, we're at over 20,000 people who have died from this illness. <clears throat> So I, I didn't want it to come across as the death toll. That was each year's death amount. So the death toll at this time is well over 20,000. AIDS is mentioned for the first time by the president in 1985. This is after his sec. This is the beginning of his second term, a year into his second term almost, because it's halfway through the year, basically. He just mentions it. That's it. That's all he does. Then in 1986... He decides to, he mentions it at Congress in 1987. So we are now six years after the initial exposure. When your um, when the foundation and the protests started happening in Philadelphia, the president gave a speech about it. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. He said AIDS is public enemy number one. At that time, also, was the first time that medicine had been introduced that they thought, like, FDA thought was working, and that was AZT. That medicine is not, I mean, it is... super harsh on the body. Super hard on the body. You have to take it every four hours. Every four hours. Around the clock, 24 hours. People had pagers that would go every four hours to take it. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't something that was manageable. Yeah. It was very difficult. But it was something. That was a ray of light. That was the beginning of what modern day. um, There are over 30 medications, Mm -hmm. um, different types of prescriptions that could be prescribed. And every HIV patient today has a different type of grouping that they take to help mitigate (coughs) different things. Um, But I'll get to that in a second. So in 1987, that's when that ACT UP Foundation was started. Mm -hmm. That's when those protests started happening. That was the first major speech of the president. At that time, I should have used a fancy iPad like you, but I'm not rich. My notes are on paper. At that time, over 20,000 people have died. Um, many, countless more have been exposed. Mm-hmm. Thou- hundreds of thousands. In 1988, the United States Senate at that time um, banned federal discrimination against federal employees who had AIDS. Mm -hmm. In 1989, the United States Senate required that the drug manufacturer for AZT lower its price point by at least 20%. And that is when, um, at that time, it was George H.W. Bush as our president, Ronald Reagan had left office. Mm -hmm. When Reagan left office, over 100,000 people had been diagnosed. Hundreds of thousands have been um, potentially exposed. 59,000 people have died. Just big facts. In 1990, Reagan apologizes for his neglect, but didn't really do anything else beyond that. In 1991, in the United States, over 10 million people had HIV. In 1995, so at this point, Bill Clinton is president. That was the year with, that was the peak year of Mm -hmm. actual death numbers, at least as of now. 
That year alone, 48,371 people died of an AIDS complicated issue. So, um, I just thought that was insane. Some other just interesting facts and things that I kind of wanted to cover, and um, you can step in at any point. Um, you'll see a lot of people with COVID-19 talk about how hospitals are having a lot of issues and they're, you know, one of the auxiliary issues they're having is that they need people to donate blood. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've ever talked about it in the mm -hmm. podcast, but gay people are banned from this, from the... Right, which also was covered in a lot of the research I was talking about. The issue was, was like way back when they had no tests to test blood for HIV. So a lot of the blood transfusions or contaminated and that's why the bans quickly came towards us and I right. think has taken so long well and the reason the bans ever... came is money because even if they just didn't want to develop the testing they didn't want to do it to so they made it better yeah. right they made the ban saying if you've had sex with a man pre-1977 mm -hmm. if you are a man who has had sex with a man before 1977 which is before both of our lifetimes then you cannot donate your blood your blood will be You'll be denied. You won't even. They won't even take your blood. Whereas now in 2020, that's ridiculous mm -hmm. because they test all of the blood for all of these pathogens. Because just because, you know, little Susie off the street tries to donate blood, she might have some disease. Mm -hmm. Her blood will be tested. She might lie on her questionnaire. All these things. It's just this ban is still um, incredibly homophobic. But it did <clears throat> come out of the AIDS crisis and has been around since then. So. Mm -hmm. My notes were showing 1983, but I could be wrong on that exact date. Yeah. I would say also in my notes I have, so after 1995 with the peak and all that, 1996 was seen with the rise of the cocktails, which was the, like, there were so many more meds on the market now because to lower your viral load, which is the amount of antibodies of HIV in your bloodstream. Um, and the goal is to get undetected because then you're untransmittable, which is kind of the modern, like, I you think you, you, yeah, is a pretty yeah. well-known thing. I still, a lot, well, I know a lot of people don't, um, have all the education that they should about that. Right. Um, but yeah. well, I think it's interesting. Yeah. 19 by 1996, they had definitely, it's for their ART it, it treatment. Like, literally like a giant syringe full of like a drug. That they would just drink by like it was they would call it a cocktail literally because you were like ch taking all this medication. Um, whereas well, like don't today, think it's quite like that today. <laughs> yeah, today, right? I was saying like today, it's more just like a couple pills, right? Um, and not to say that it isn't. Um, that's another thing is that Larry Kramer in uh, an interview in 2013 brought up. He says we wish he wishes we fought harder. Because he believes we would be at a cure by now. It seems like because of prep and stuff like that. The, well, and that's the interesting thing. There were speeches given by Bill Clinton when they when the Demo when Democrat leadership had took over and was really fighting for um, federal funding. Mm -hmm. He when Bill Clinton took office in nineteen um, what ninety one mm -hmm. right the federal funding for AIDS research by that time, had increased by 150% mm -hmm. from what it was under previous administrations. And Bill Clinton gave a speech and spoke about how his goal was by the 2000s, by like 2007, that we would have a cure and that this would no longer be an issue. 
And I mean, it's 2020. We do not have a cure. But um, yeah, Clinton. The second person ever to have HIV. But well, you mean you found the second? So, well, somebody has been cured. Yeah. So they say, but yeah. at the same time, that's not been like yeah, widely I mean, distributed. Yeah. And it's positive research. I think that's a light, but. Right, but Larry Kramer was talking about, like, the, all the gusto ACT UP had in the 80s did not carry over into the 2000s at all. Well, I think it's just also important to realize that it's different people being affected by that. Right, and that's another thing. I so, mean, by 1997, you're 10 years in. I mean, in. schools started teaching about HIV, but still, like, wasn't fully... Like, I remember... Do you remember in elementary school being taught about HIV, like, in fourth grade? And, like, I remember I was, like, hanging out with my cousin and, like, he cut his finger or something. And I said, oh, I don't want to touch your blood. I might get AIDS. And then my parents were like, what? Like, why do you think that? And I was like, they said it's in blood. You never know. <laughs> like, because, like, you know, schools. I don't remember can't... that. The first time I remembered it was when we were reading, like, different plays and stuff in high really? school. Like, in theater. Yeah, no, Larry Kramer, who started ACT UP, is a playwright. He wrote, like, The Normal Heart, which is... Also, now a movie on HBO. It's amazing about the AIDS epidemic. We're not getting sponsored. At all. But feel free to. If you're <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then um, it's still a huge issue today. But because of PrEP and other preventative measures, it is so much more manageable and not a life sentence at all. The issue we're having now is the age gap of we do not have as many gay elders as we could have not even elders it's just like people who lived like a, a generation before us right a whole like everyone was wiped out like so many people gone. were wiped out yeah just gone um some modern day statistics mm-hmm. in the united states they say that there are 1.1 million people currently living with hiv okay one in seven people infected do not know that they are infected mm-hmm. and the statistic that i found most interesting because you know, in the 80s, it was really hitting hard um, racial and ethnic minorities along with gay men. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting. Um, 52% of all infections in 2018, I believe, um, happened in the South. And then the the other regions, the North, the East, and the well, West, black took populations up. as well. Yeah, and I just, I just thought it was so interesting. It was also interesting if you kind of looked at, like, America's Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. It was all those states. So it's just people who are not getting really proper... I mean, there is no proper sex or education. Or fears it so much that yeah. they don't want that. Or they yeah. have... They call it, like, you know, just DL culture. Like, yeah. down low culture for gay people. It's just so more prevalent. Um, but globally, there's about 37.9 million people. Yeah. Living with them. As of... 2018... And I could be wrong in these statistics. These are just where I found them. I tried to check them as many times as I could. But it, it appeared that at that time, 74.9 million people had been diagnosed. And 32 million people had had died. As the total since total. the 80s? Since the yeah. 80s. Wow. That's insane. Which is so many people. Yeah, I mean... That's, that's global. I mean, I don't want to, you know... Right be confusing there do you think we'll see a cure in our lifetime i think so yeah not currently i mean like look at how how much we're reacting to corona well i think what's interesting to note is that it's corona the reason we're acting this way to corona is it's affecting everybody it's affecting 
white people, black people, straight people, gay back people, back rich people, poor people. Everyone. Not even, not really all rich people, because I feel like the rich people that were in that fancy street know something we don't know. Mm. Maybe they're drinking fancy Chardonnay. Maybe, maybe Chardonnay is the cure to COVID nineteen. You think? I don't know. I think also like. It just felt like a scene out of like a movie to just see a bunch. Guys, of Guys, I know we've it talked was, about this twice. I yeah. have. I just have to really. It was like we just walked. we are we are in a stay home order. So like, Connor and I are both working from home. We don't really leave the house. Um, we we left the house today sure because to it's a walk around the block to yeah, breathe air. Yeah, and so we're walking, and we live in like kind of a residential area, and you just like typical city. Two blocks over, they're fucking loaded yeah. we're walking down this street it's literally a cul-de-sac it's like westeria lane out of um desperate housewives again not being sponsored and million dollar homes is what millions yeah. and we're walking down the street and they're having a fucking block party everybody the, the street is like north is in one side and then there's a median and then south but is on they the were other just side. standing like awkwardly far apart not fully like six feet not six like feet apart yeah. not not really so doing it, it. Like they were like oddly spaced out like talking and it yeah just felt they like were having a like, fucking happy hour block party right. just larger circles it was just comedic almost and i'm walking by and I'm like, this is hilarious. And then we walk all the way down and then walk all the way back. And this, like, these two guys were like, oh, you guys have walked into something. Right. And I was like, this is dystopian. Right. What y'all are doing yeah. here. And it's also like, not even working. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I don't think, like, HIV and AIDS, like, when you showed signs, you had giant spots on you. Like, your symptoms just got so grotesque. You know what I mean? Whereas this starts as the flu. Well, so like, it kind of is the flu. Right, exactly. So, like, people aren't taking it as seriously because, like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, it's not Well, it's also respiratory. Right. right. But they so it's th- like you just walk through bad air and you're breathing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is it. I mean, there's more things, but, you know. But you know what I'm saying? It's like people are like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to handle it great. It's like, okay, if that was to, like, if HIV was happening today and we were having that attitude, like, holy cow, would it be bad? I mean, but we'd be able to talk about it better. People no. kind of have bad attitude about it still. Well, still, yeah. But hot I mean, take. Like, not even a hot take, real take. But you know what I'm saying. Not going to like, I don't know. I mean, if you kind of look at the response though, they're trying to reopen. They're trying, you know, by April fifteenth, we're gonna have everything back and going. For this, yeah. Hmm. Well, and we're recording three weeks away from April fifteenth right now, so. Right, and it does not feel great. It does not feel like we're going to be done in three weeks. Anyway, that's all I have for today. We're getting much more in-depth with individual stories next week. Uh, I think next week, week will be more like our previous... This format. Format. We're going to come out with people... Neither of us will talk... No. Well, we're going to make sure we're not doing the same people. Right. We may know them, but we're not going to cover them. Um, the same people, so... Yeah, it'll be back to kind of a right. regular format. And I just, you know, I I think it's so important. If anybody listening wants to further chat or talk about anything that we brought up today, mm-hmm. you can reach us out on all of the medias. Um, I just think the topic itself um, is something that is that we could talk for hours. Oh, yeah. There's so many. There's... The shame aspect. There's the social aspect. There's so there's so many right. ways. To so we're doing it. we're doing a three part on it. I think um, 
you know, we're going to really try to do our best to give an education of it to somebody who maybe doesn't know anything. Yeah. So that'll be next week. And with that, I'm Connor and I'm John and class is dismissed. Class is dismissed. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.